Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. This is April. And this is Caroline. And we are here. We are here with our beverages. It is Thirsty Thursday, and I am so thirsty. I'm so thirsty, too. And I drink my water all day. Oh. Just this, prepping. You are so I feel so like I was filtering, responsible. M- like, filtering my liver for right now. Well, I'm actually very proud of you because um, that's a very responsible thing to do, and I didn't, but I've... I've coached my liver very well, so oh, it knows it's a pro. what to expect. And your check liver light will just come on when yes. you need to give it a little bit yes. more attention. Yes. Yay. So it's happy hour and it's a little bloody today. It is. And what are, but first, what are we drinking? Well, um, and what are we it's doing? It's always our go to. <sighs> what is that? I feel like this is like our reunion drink like if i'm ever hanging out with caroline or any of our former co-workers we are drinking some deep eddies deep eddies we are deep in eddie you act oh. ooh, <laughs> maybe deep real deep real deep in eddie she has lime and i have some lemon lemon and lime look at us we are I already perfect it's... for each other um yeah either way it's gonna be vodka Except for that one time when it was whiskey. whiskey. So never mind. So episode one, I think they need to know what Bloody Howers. Oh, oh, Bloody, Bloody Howers. Bloody I would love Happy to know Hour is, is going to look like okay. because I think they're going to be hooked. Um, if they're not hooked already, I'm pissed. I mean, they can't be. It's episode one. Remember? Yeah, but we're already so great. I think. But, oh, okay. You know, I think they already press subscribe for sure. So it's going to look like weekly episodes. Every Thursday. When you're really thirsty. Yes. It's like Taco Tuesday, Thirsty Thursday. They're very important days of the week. Oh, probably the most important. The most. And um, these episodes will drop. And all you got to do is click and listen. And it'll be every Thursday. But some weeks it may be like a quickie, right? So Yes. Episodes will be about an hour, but we may have a quickie episode and it'll be just as juicy, but it's a quickie. Sometimes those are the best. Sometimes those are the best. And then we will trade out. So today I'm telling you an amazing story, but next week it's Caroline's turn. And we're, we'll go a little bit, you know, talking at the beginning of each episode because we have to update you on our live. And if you don't want to hear about it, then that's fine. Be rude and just skip ahead. But Fast stay here. forward. Fast forward. Because we guarantee when we get to the story, it's a great story. So I have this, you know, car that I drive. Do you have a car you drive? Uh-huh. And um, the little the little hatchback thing, you know, you're supposed to push a button and it opens up. Yeah. Well, she has a station wagon. A station, what she said, I hatchback. have a station wagon that I started driving. <laughs> Not really. And... I wouldn't uh, be your friend. Sometimes it doesn't open. Like you push it and it's like beep and it does not open, which is confusing. But so then I got to go open it. Well, I was taking out my weights out of the back of my car because I'm so fit. And <laughs> I was taking the weights out because I was driving, whatever. So it didn't open all the way. So I'm like 
leaning in there to grab the weights to pull them out. And then I like am exiting and I hit my head really hard on the little hatchback because it didn't fully open all the way. So I may have concussion symptoms. Oh, traumatic brain injury. I may be in concussion protocol right now. Uh-oh. Just so you know. Okay. I'll watch so your if eyes. if I have slurred speech, it's because of that. Not, Not the because deep of the deep That's where this whole story has a point. Yeah. I came full circle. Okay. okay. You see how I put that yeah. together? So she's justifying her slurring right now. <laughs> Basically, that's what that was. From a traumatic brain injury that she got right before she walked in? Yes. Uh, so should we tell them where we are recording from? Sure. Waco. What's up, Waco, Texas? Waco, Texas. I think there's Waco. other Waco, so I don't want them to be confused. Oh. Waco, Texas. There's, we have been famous for what? What have we been famous um, for? Let's see. The Branch Davidians. Yes. David Koresh. Yes. I'm sure you've seen the, was it Netflix series, Waco? Yes. That's, that would be us. I think my brother was named after him, but go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, And we have... The Baylor thing. I don't know if that's that big. Baylor period. I mean, Baylor. On and off, Baylor's had some good. Like well, we've national had. champions. Hello, Baylor basketball. Yes. We have that. Yes. We have Magnolia. What else happens here in Waco? Um, I think that's it. And then there's us. I mean, And then there's us. So we're like next on the list. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like. Besides the Lake Waco murders. Oh, yes. How could we forget? So, so we I have outside like, lives. Yeah. What do you do, do besides podcasting? Well, the list is long. <laughs> She's real busy. She is Let's a see. Joke. Let me just see what She's I've a jack of all dabbed uh, my toe in. Is that how you said? Yeah. Yeah. Dip my toe in the water of. Okay. Anyways, I've talked about my feet twice now, so let's not do that again. But I did get a pedicure. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm a substitute teacher. I'm a trainer. Uh, I sometimes do Uber Eats deliveries. What? Yes. Postmates and Uber Eats. But your real passion is dogs. And I have, oh, and I dog sit and I house sit. But you know what's great about this house sitting thing is like, I'll, I'll watch the dogs, but then sometimes I'll stay at the houses and, you know, I got some nice houses. I'm saying that. So, and they let me bring my dogs over there too. So I'm like, I got a whole pool situation. I got a big old house. I get it. I mean, it's great. It's a great gig it's a great gig and i walk dogs i don't know i'm sure i'm forgetting some of my other things that i do yeah, but it'll come oh, i babysit oh, <laughs> that is i do not condone that one but let me tell you when i babysit it's only for one person with their two kids who when i get there basically it's They're bedtime sleeping. and they okay. go to sleep and so i'm just sitting there watching tv so it's easy nice i don't do anything else though except do I? No. I mean, and now you're a podcaster and you're about to be real famous. And yes, I always tell my campers, because I teach boot camp, and I always tell my campers, these are the five things that I want to be. I want to be a podcaster and a backup dancer and a this and a this and a this. Wait, you're a famous TikToker. Oh, and I'm a famous TikToker. I did TikTok all summer last summer because I was training two girls in high school and we had some famous videos. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to know more about that, you can go follow me on the TikTok. Click it. Click yeah. the follow. Mm-hmm. So. And apparently I have OnlyFans, but I really don't. So bye. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> so I'm not as interesting as Caroline, sure but I am in the education field and I love me some special education. So any special educators out there, I have lived your life, or I am living your life. And that is why Thirsty Thursday is so important. <laughs> but we met because me and Caroline were both trainers together. We both um, taught boot camp early mornings, in the evenings, early. took over our lives. And it actually is going to connect to a story that we're going to cover later on. But we are going to bring in some of our fellow trainers to because you got to have at least three to four of us to really talk about this story so stay tuned but it is a story about a boot camp trainer that was murdered murdered and it is unsolved it is you know what i feel like 
we will do a podcast that will lead lead to it being solved. Hopefully. That is a whole reason to do this. We're going to get Payne Lindsay in here. <laughs> Come on, Payne. Come on, Payne. Come on here. <laughs> so um, we bonded over a lot of things, a lot of things, deep eddies being one, um, or just any alcohol. Yeah. But um, also we'll talk about a lot in the podcast is Caroline is now divorced, but was formerly married to somebody that the first time I met him, I called him Ted Bundy. 100% true. However, he didn't decapitate anybody. Like, he didn't murder anybody, so let's put that on the table. But he had his aura. Like, he was the less violent, reincarnated version of Ted Bundy because he's good-looking, he was smooth, he was a compulsive liar. He was a narcissist and he did nothing wrong. And, and but now they're and divorced. He would be a totally different person to my friends and family, like versus yes. to me. Yes. So I didn't see any of it. Yes. Yeah. So but. um, so I made Caroline start listening to these true crime podcasts yes. because I felt like she would see the monster <laughs> in her husband if she heard about it all the time. So then she became obsessed. It's true. And we're here. And here we are. Yay. Uh, it really was my way to sucker her in <laughs> to be my co-host. And mission accomplished. Planned out. Love it. What a great planner you are. So um, can I tell you, you guys, your first story it would not be right if we didn't bring you a local murderer. It wouldn't. I'd be it just wouldn't be right. No. And when I say local, I'm not talking about just Texas. I'm talking about right here in the zip code. Like he can, he got people left off I-35 up in Waco. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's a central Texas boy. They call him the bad boy from Rosebud. And his name is Kenneth McDuff. Sidebar, I have a brother named Kenneth. Because, you know, she does have brothers who are all named after famous serial killers. Or infamous. Infamous. I mean, I, I probably said famous in the trailer. Whatever. Because they're kind of famous to me, but... It they just so happened that she got into true crime and she was like, oh my gosh, all my brothers have the same names as these people I'm reading about. And why am I just April? <laughs> I, Where, who's the April serial killer? Why in the is hell it, ain't I Eileen? I mean, you should have been Eileen or maybe you're the serial killer. I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't be, but Ooh, I mean. Maybe there's an April out there. All twist. the Aprils, if you, if you got a little serial killer game. I cannot wait until you are founded. I mean. But I will say, I was in fifth grade when I realized um, my brother, I have a Jeffrey, I have a Kenny, and I have a David. Jeffrey, Kenneth, and David. So you just play with all those serial killer names if you want to. So little Kenneth here, McDuff, he's often referred to as, referred to as <laughs> Mac. We both have little speech problems, so, I mean, she English said teachers out there, you're probably going to hate us. No, this is me. She said return. Okay, bye. <laughs> so, he is from a little town called Rosebud, which is literally next door to us, um, and he was born on March 21st in 1942, so he was old, and he lived on the street called Linden Street. So if you're a person like me, I always think addresses and names of places are important because I like to travel to their houses. So if you're like me, his address was 201 Linden Street. He um, was not an only child because we will have a lot of those. Mm -hmm. They turn up in the podcast. I'm just going to tell you my ex-husband's only child. <laughs> and he was the fifth of six children. Um, so he was not from a horrible family. Like there was no signs of abuse. They were a little ratchet, I guess we would say now, but they weren't, um, they had money, but not a ton of money, but they weren't white trash and they were really known in the community. 
So his dad owned construction businesses and his mom, they owned like the laundromat there. And I think there was only one. So everybody who didn't have a wash and dryer used the McDuff's laundromat. And that is still there because I've been there too. (gasps) Yes. I've been to his house. Of Um, course you have. I'm not surprised. I mean, every time you go through Rosebud, what you do is you just take a left on Main Street and it's right there in between a church that they belong to and a elementary school. Well. I guess I better take a trip. I mean, I was in Colleen and I thought about Vanessa Gant. Ooh, yes. Drive by there. So um, he was a very tall guy. Like he was like six, seven and kind of lean. Um, like and Ed Kemper tall? Yeah. I mean, he was like what? He wasn't like as husky as Ed Kemper, but he was tall um, and he was a bully as hell. Bully like hell. So he bullied everybody, but of course the weaker. Until one day he ran upon a kid named Tommy. And Tommy wasn't playing. Tommy was an athlete and he wasn't going to let Ken um, bully him. So Tommy whooped his ass in front of everybody. Hell yeah. And because Kenneth, we will find, is actually a coward, mm-hmm. he Projecting. quit school. He quit school. Like he couldn't show his face anymore. Or he was that much that scared so he was basically an eighth grade dropout but by the time he was 18 he had been convicted of 12 counts of burglary so when he quit school he he worked for his dad's construction business and mowed lines but he started like getting into some shit and 12 counts of a burglary or attempted burglary but he got caught. So then he was sentenced to 12 four-year terms. And those were to be served consecutively. But guess what? Guess what? That turned he into got five years. Uh-huh. So five years later, after he turned 18, so it's about 1965 down by now, he was out and he was working for daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, now him and his daddy didn't have a great relationship, but they spoiled the hell out of him. His mom though, thought he can do no wrong. So mama was referred to as pistol packing oh. mama. Oh no. She would come up to the school oh. with guns. She stopped the bus driver for kicking oh. him off the bus, held a gun on him. Like she was oh. a, like would kick ass behind her kids. Oh. That's never a good sign. Especially when the kids were wrong. So according Mm. to her, Kenneth can never Never do do wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that? I mean, mean, listen, there's a lot of similarities in these stories to my situation. So So, um, he was paroled, right? So by 1966, he was working for his dad and he friended this guy named Roy Dale Green. And side note, my best friend Erica's uncle was real good friends with Roy Dale Green. That's why I love Waco Town stories because so many connections. Okay. So he was from Marlin and they worked together with the construction business. Well, he has three names, so I already know this. Is good. I mean, <laughs> that's a that's legit the first name. Sign. Roy Dale Green. So um, this was August 6th, right? And they just got off. And they were looking for something to do. So they decided to get off work, shower. They went by 7-Eleven because those are back, but they were gone for a long time, but they were in back then. And mm-hmm. they got some Slits malt liquor beer. Oh, that hell. is the worst. I can't. And they hit the good. road, I-35, to Funky Town, mm-hmm. also known as Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make it all the way to Fort Worth because they stopped in this little town called Everman. Oh, I thought you were going to say West. No. They didn't get kolaches today. No. no, they didn't. No, they were in Everman. And I guess back then, like when you back roaded, you would go near the local high school because that's where just people hung out. So they were looking for people and they found a car that was parked, oh, lights no. off, engine Lover's turned Lane. Off situation they were at the high school like there was like high school and then the baseball field so they were like in there were area. so many lovers lanes situations back in the day like mm-hmm. what's this lovers lane did we people still do that i don't i mean i don't know i don't well, i mean we have lovers League. i would love to be invited to lovers oh. lane <laughs> if there's a lovers lane please send caroline an invite i she just want to see what it's about to lovers lane 
swept me away into this to lovers lane. <laughs> Lover, you know, by the and that's not okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I don't want to go to lovers because yeah. you sound like you go sus. do a little drive by the lake and you park and then you're like just making out in the car yes. and then you like then you get murdered. That's what all these kids would do. Yes, but I don't want to get murdered, so. I'm too big to put in the trunk anyway. So anyways, continue. Okay. So that is kind of really what happens this night when she, he runs into these kids. But it's two guys and it's one girl. Oh. Robert. They, mm-hmm. uh, Robert. You know what that's really going on. These are high school kids. Robert and his friend. I mean, his cousin, Marcus, who was visiting mm-hmm. from um, California. Two girls, one girl. No, what? And then a girl named Sue. Sullivan. Oh, no. Her last name was Sullivan. Okay, well, that's Her song. name was Edna, but they called her Louise. And it was supposed to be a double date. Okay, so there's supposed to be a girl named Rhonda with them. But Rhonda, Rhonda. said, I gotta, I, I'm not feeling uh, good. She, she had to stay do her home. hair. She had to do her hair. She had to wash her hair. She had to wash her hair. She went. For, she actually nope. faked ill and she stayed at home. And thank God she did. Because when Kenneth saw them, he grabbed his gun. His brother's gun was in his car. Probably his mom's gun that you, she used to but attack the school bus. Mama gave it to brother Lonnie and Lord. Lonnie gave it to Kenneth. Yeah. Kenneth told Roy to grab the stick that was in the back seat. The stick was like this broomstick. It was like three and a half feet long and it was shitty and crappy and jagged. A broomstick. It's a broomstick. From a broom with straw. But there's no broom on there. It was just like the stick, the wooden stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These murders are also known as the broomstick, broomstick. murders. Oh, I can so only imagine what he goes up to the car and he tells them, get out or I'm going to shoot you. With my and Roy is real just not. He's just thinking this is still a joke. Is he so a little, he's waiting he little for sus? He's a little slow. He's, he's a little something. Okay. Or he's faking it. I, oh, he could. Be but I think it. he was real as innocent as as he they proclaim him to be. So all the kids got out. He puts them all in the trunk of their own car and he drives their car and he tells Roy, get in my car and follow me. And they go down these dirt roads because they're not all the way in funky town. It's still like a little country rural area. Go down these dirt roads, miles and miles and miles. And when he gets out, he grabs that gun and he shoots Robert three times in the head in the face and somewhere else in the butt no in the and then he shoots marcus three times in that last shot he holds him up by his hair like he's like a an animal and shoots him in the head oh because he's like a really tall guy he's really tall and they're in the trunk so he's like doing this over the trunk first of all i want to know how big these other people are because how can they all fit in the trunk? I mean, they're just high schoolers. And these are bigger cars back then. Like, this is the 60s. Oh, like a this station a wagon like Ford. I drive? I don't know. It could be. Well, I guess if you did have a Lincoln, one of those. My mom used to drive a stinking Lincoln. They always. Uh-huh. I don't know why it was stinking, but it was real big, long, real long. This was a Ford. And, and I, don't, I never found, like, the type that it was. But <clears throat> so he shot them. And he took Louise and gave her to Roy and told Roy to put him in his in their trunk. And, and Roy's like, oh, I don't know. Because Roy's I know just this like, like he's I com- did not know. He it got real real to jo- Roy when he saw Kenneth shooting the kids, right? Yeah. And then with every shot, he oh, got more Roy. and more excited. Which one, Roy or Kenneth? Kenneth. Oh no! Every shot, he got more and more excited. So he unloaded the full clip, which is six shots three for each and then they back up the car they don't even close the trunk because they can't close the trunk because their bodies are hanging out backs up the car in a brush and they take off 11 more miles down the road so now they're just in kenneth's car louise is in now in the back seat he orders roy to drive while he rapes edna louise in the back seat oh and she's screaming. And he's fearing for his life, Roy. And she's screaming. So then he's done. 
And he orders Roy to get back there and do the same <gasps> because now you can be my accomplice in case something goes down. He's making sure that Roy's not going to tell on him, right? So Roy's in the back and he's not about this life. So he can barely even get up. That's what I was going to say. Like, how can you, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. How can you rape somebody if you don't get it up? You know, yeah. like. So it ends up happening. And, um, but that doesn't satisfy He Roy's just thinking, let me keep her away from him is what he says. So, um, Kenneth is not done. He just needed a break. So then Roy gets out from the backseat. They tell the, he goes back there and he rapes her again. And now with the broomstick, he sodomizes her with the broomstick. Yes. So this poor girl. Um, okay, just why, thought she like, was going on a date. Of, why do you need to like what? So remember, he did a lot of prison time. <gasps> oh, yes, yes. So he's projecting his anger from what happened to him. Well, Can and he, well, I don't know if he's listen, low key gay or prison gay, but he cannot get off unless something anally happens. Oh, he puts like it he's in a her sadist. Anus. Yes, yeah, like he's a sexual sadist, and oh, he I only thought he put it in her sec- other. Everywhere. He put it everywhere. He put it everywhere. And the only thing Roy hears her, remembers her saying is, stop, please. I think you ripped something. Mm. So he makes her, he finishes, or they, he finishes with that. He makes her get dressed and get out. So they're still parked on this road. She's getting out and she's in, like in the brush on the ground and he's she's tied up. I don't know if I said that, but that's his one of his things is he ties up all the women. So he has her tied up and Roy was like, let's leave her here and let's just go. And he's like, no, I'm not done. He grabs that broomstick and he crushes her throat with it until she's not breathing anymore. And then just chunks her body over the fence. Okay. When he chunks her body, he sees her necklace and he rips off her necklace and puts it in his pocket. Oh, because he's going to keep it as a trophy. It's a trophy. So they leave. I mean, Kenneth, this is a thing about Kenneth is he is the most notorious and sadistic, but people don't really talk about him. People don't. I don't hear any podcasts about him ever. Yeah. Which is, I'm like... He was a big deal. Like he was a bad guy in a. He definitely flies under the radar. And I I think he's. I don't know. I I think because his numbers weren't that big. His actual conviction numbers weren't that big. Um, And Texas ought to be pretty shame because you'll hear in a minute Uh, of how he. I mean, just was the luckiest man. I well, feel like. Okay, so he killed at least three people. I mean, three today. I mean, on the broomstick. Okay. With the broomstick, but then like the There's some more. The eyeball killer, he only did like three two uh-huh. and he's more talked about. Yeah. Is it yeah. cuz he stole eyeballs? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Anyhow. So they leave her there. And he makes Roy um, try to help wipe away any evidence in the old in the other car, wipe away like tire tracks. He's smart by this time because he's been caught. He's done prison time. And so when on their way back home, they stop in Hillsboro to get a Coke because he's thirsty. Oh, uh, look, go ahead because you're worn out and you're tired and you need a drink. A Coca-Cola. Go get you a Coca-Cola. And so when they get back to Marlin, they spend the night... I love how they stop in Hillsboro. Stop in Hillsboro. <laughs> and I feel like it's my road trip. So I've Hills, been going on. Hillsboro is like before Waco, like going north, like Dallas. Right before you get to West. Then you get to West. Then you get to Waco. And then you'll go through Waco and get to Marlin. And that's where Ro- Roy Dale Green lived. And they spent the night at Roy's house, slept in the same bed, got in. Um, in sa- oh, I know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were booty buddies. Mm-hmm. Situation. <clears throat> Roydale was just like this weak, meek, and that was like the people that he, the type of person that he targeted. Yep. So 
it didn't last long because Roy was genuinely sad and like he felt guilty, felt guilty for yeah. what happened. So Kenneth McDuff, that next morning, they buried the gun that they shot him with, right? By the garage. They cleaned out his car. And then he had a date with a girl named Joanne. Joanne, I would love to hear from you or your family. Like, how do you feel being the girl named in the book that went on the date with Kenneth McDuff the night after he committed the broomstick Joanne, murders? email us at bloodyhappyhour at gmail.com and let us know. Or her kids, because she might. Or this Joanne, is old, or your yeah. kids, or your grandkids. Surely they know. So when Roy saw it hit the news, he broke down and he confessed. And he Poor ended Roy. up testifying. Um, against Kenneth McDuff, and he was tried and he was sent to jail. <sighs> well, Roy yeah. only did 13 years. At first, he was deemed like a sadistic killer, but then they soon found out that it wasn't him. Kenneth McDuff was the mastermind. So here is where it gets crazy. Oh, Roy's in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Kenneth McDuff gets convicted and he gets sentenced to death. Good. And back then, it's the electric chair. Yes. Okay. Shock him. Shock him up, babe. Do it. Get him. Do it. Texas justice system, right? Yes. Except for. He gets off and paroled. Let me guess. Crowded. Oh, I'm shocked. So they start letting uh, letting inmates out. Like if you're a white collar inmate, yeah, like small if you misdemeanor sweep inmates. Sweep the floor correctly. Great. Then you get to get out. If you don't so, slit anybody's throat while you're in there. Then the death sentence, the death penalty was deemed inappropriate. And then it got like reduced. Yeah. I mean, he had like multiple, like he was going to die yeah. twice. In 1969, he became he came within days of getting killed, and then in 1970 again, but he never got killed. Do you know how much power that gave him in his head? <sighs> and then his sentence was commuted to life, but not life without the possibility of parole. Because those lives that you stole meant nothing. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So when he finds out he has life, they hire this big. Badass hotshot lawyer, which he had to have changed his name and leave. His name is Gary Jackson. <laughs> Gary Jackson, where you at? I hope you're not black, Jerry, Gary Jackson. <laughs> Gary, Jerry, Gary. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think I'm related to Gary, Jerry Jackson. I hope you're not black, <laughs> Gary, because this man was a big racist, too. But so Gary was on this case. Can like, you tell them that you're black? Oh, yeah, I'm black. <laughs> I'm half. <laughs> I think I am, too. <laughs> we think Caroline I'm is, I'm pretty too. sure. Even though Ancestry.com told me I'm not, I'm pissed about it. I think Because there's no way. Probably changed the results. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> I think he was tell probably Dee Dee covering because his Because she's tra- probably listening. <laughs> Sorry, Didi. Sorry, Didi. Tell my dad. <laughs> oh, she's listening. What's your mama's name, though? Mosey. Who? Mosey. Mosey. I'm sorry. She's not, she really only listens to like Fox News and all the, you know, Republican podcasts. She shared our, she shared our page and she was like, if she y'all did. like this true crime shit crap, <laughs> then listen. It is not crap. It's not. It's amazing. It is pretty legit. Insane. So this lawyer like works and works. I mean, he he does his job, right? Yeah. I and mean, I he, have a different. You know who's some? We know somebody who's a defense attorney. Yeah. And they are not liked people. Yeah. I mean, I like him because I don't know about who he defends, but yeah. I mean, they're he's, he he does his the job. Role. Yeah, that's your job. So so he makes up the story about Roy Dale Green actually being the killer. And so every time Kenneth McDuff goes up to parole. They present this story. And, you know, only one time in all these times did somebody even believe that story. But all it takes is one time. So eventually, eventually, listen, they had to get get like get 750 inmates out of jail. They were paroled each week. Like that's how overcrowding our prisons were at the time. They need to build the big. So every time Kenneth McDuff's file, it just really didn't come across. So. This motherfucker got out. This guy named Chris Mealy, and I feel like his name needs to be said. 
He is the one that was the deciding vote to parole Kenneth McDuff. Well, he needs. And then you know what he says after everything? He goes, well, I'm human. Are you? And I make mistakes. And I wish I could take it back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you can't. So why don't you go pray about it? So... 88 inmates that were on death row row were commuted to life at this time. 88 death row went to life. 20 murderers just... got put out on the street. Got That's put back good. out on the street. That's a good safe. So McNamara, we know that because oh, Sheriff, yeah, Sheriff Parnell yeah. and his brother was Mike. And then there was Sheriff Larry Pamphlin. They were basically like the water of that time and this time. Tombstone. Like they came in and they are true police, like true police, caring investigative police, right? They knew what Kenneth McDuff We need was to get capable him of. on here to talk about this. I cannot wait. So look at the inside of my book. Hold on. I did this book for my book club. I have a crime and wine book club. Who is that signed by? Parnell McNamara. He came to my book club and he told us the story about all about Kenneth McDuff and all this oh. bullshit that's happened about him getting out on the street and how he okay, never so should. Okay, so you already got the goss. Yeah. You got the tea. But if we can get him in here, we'll definitely do a part two to this. Oh, for sure. So Mark McNamara said... He will kill again. I don't care if it's three days, three weeks, or three months. He will kill again. And come to find out, it took three days for Kenneth McDuff to kill somebody. Three. Three freaking days. Wow. He was real thirsty for some blood. He was already back in jail within months because of a terroristic threat. He was known to be pretty racist, or he'd make a, a lot of racist comments. And so there are these teenagers in Rosebud hanging out, minding their business. He chased one down an alley. With a oh, knife, threatened to kill him, and went to jail because that was a terroristic threat, and then was paroled and free to kill again. What? The luckiest man alive. Why what? does he keep getting parole? I and mean, you know what? I listened well, to one podcast and they were up north somewhere, and they were like Texas justice system, and I was, I, and, and I hate it because yeah, it makes right. us look, it made us look really bad. Here is. The crazy part, too. So there was this project called the RIO, Reintegration of Offenders Project. I mean, okay, so they wanted people who got paroled and out of jail to have a chance at a good life. So they gave them scholarships to go to college and to live in dorms or or grants, not scholarships, grants. So... Kevin McDuff went to TSTC, also known as Texas State Technical College. He had a 3.3 GPA. He like he graduated. He finished. He was a good student. He was smart. He had like average intelligence. He wasn't like a genius or anything. But when he was out, prostitutes started going missing. Oh. I wonder why. Were, did broomsticks go missing as well? No. Mm. He, I, he never found. Do you know that oh, broomstick was never, never found? never found any more broomsticks. Never did. With. Okay, well. There was never any, like, mutual sex going on. He would hire prostitutes, and he would hire them for what it's called around the world. He would pay oh. them for around the world. I don't, so every that? hole. Can you, can you describe that? Every me? hole oh. he had to penetrate okay so that would be the mouth hole the vagina hole and the butt hole i just wanted to make sure i knew what and so when he paid them this is what that they this is what they're agreeing to but and that's fun i guess i mean yeah i guess they're like okay let's do this but he was a sadist so he could only enjoy it if they were crying oh and hurt and screaming Real ugly about it. So, and then he would only go after the prostitutes who were just kind of smaller and weaker. So, have you ever heard of the cut here in Waco? No. Ugh. I'm too bougie for that. Oh, okay. 
Well, the cut with my station wagon is on Highway 77. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely too busy for that. Highway. Well, I lived in Lacey Lakeview because I graduated from Conley. AF. And every time we got on Interstate 35, we would go down 77 and we got on I 35. Or you can get on Waco Drive that way. Okay. okay? All right. Well, so you know, you live the all the way like shack. down and, you know, you got to, you know how far we live yeah. from each other. Yeah, we're it's real like far. Driving like. In Waco terms, it's like 20 minutes. I mean, but it really feels like four hours. So um, that's where he hung out. And still to this day, you'll see prostitutes like walking on 77. There's this place called the Chicken Shack. That's where they used to hang out. There's this hotel. Like, it was just, it's not great, right? Now it's actually better with regentrification and Chip and Joanna. But it's used to be a really bad place. Okay. Can I just tell you one more story and then I will stop with my stories? Go. I Ted Bundy took you there. No, no. To no, the cut. no, no. This is today what happened. This is today happened. Okay. This today happened. I was Go ahead. going to Colleen. I was oh, on shit. an interst- I was on a, Tuck. I was whatever. And there was a, okay, how many homeless people are here in Waco? Like I see one every now and then on the corner of the stoplight. Did, I wish I, I'm going to show you how this person, obviously I took a picture, which is real bad, but they were like, I thought they were dead at first. And I was like, I'm going to have to save a life, but I can't because I'm going to an interview. So I can't get out of the car right now. They were like eagles, like spread eagle. <laughs> they're <laughs> on they're the road on the, they're on like the corner, like, you know, where they would stand to collect money. Yeah. Give yeah. me some change laying, laying down with like a vodka bottle and a Gatorade bottle and like trap, like empty to go food containers oh on gosh. it. I mean, it was really sad, but he was just passed out. He was passed out, but his legs were splayed open and his, it was, I think it was a girl and her, she was wearing this like oh, you're just Scottish, Scottish outfit or something like some dress thing, but the skirt a was a kilt and the skirt was up over and you saw her wait it was up over her her body and so everything was like like uh (laughs) it was was, you saw it all (laughs) is that a vagina or is that a penis i thought it was a i thought it was a vagina and i didn't know what to do like stuff you see and stuff you see but you don't know and so listen at that point i was like it's normal, Colleen. We're just, I'm just going to mind my business. <laughs> oh, first of all, I was like, is she breathing? I felt like I was, it was a she. So I was like, are, I will, are you breathing? I saw her. She was breathing. Cause I'm, I'm first of all, I thought I'm like, she's been raped. She's been thrown there and she's been left for dead. And like, but I'm going to go, I'm going to be the first one driving up on this crime scene. <laughs> and I was like going to investigate. I was investigative discovery channel, whatever. Oh, do you just no. put two stations but guess together? What? Guess what I did? I just drove off. <laughs> you just prayed about it. She gone. You just prayed about it. I just prayed about it. She was just passed out in the she, wind. She was blew like, her, hell, her I just up. had a great old night and I just tired. I'm taking a nap. Maybe that was her way of, that was her advertising. That was her ruse. Like she was going to show her badge and she probably had a lot of money. Listen, her head was shaved, but some other things weren't. <laughs> I will take time. Oh my goodness! So, anyways, I digress. I mean, That's I, the last time. I mean, but that I think was the podcast is over. <laughs> that was such. A- I think we just got disconnected. <laughs> I can't <laughs> because that I wasn't such. I'm listen. I'm trying to go to an interview, and all Did I can you tell see about is that in the interview. Harry, this like situation. No, I didn't tell him because I was like, what do I say? I saw this naked homeless person on the ground with their legs open and I can't even focus right now. No, I had to just, I don't know. I would, I too bad I didn't like, have Oh any- yeah, that's Leslie. <laughs> She's there every morning. The kids talk about her. We write our journals about her I in was the like, why isn't somebody calling like the cops to just be like, or whoever. Okay. If I was not going anywhere, what would you do in the situation? I would just probably take a picture and keep going. I felt like I was driving up on a murder scene. No. But it wasn't a murder scene at all. No. 
I know. So she was just passed. I out. just had to tell that, and I just thought about it, and now I don't even know where we are in your story. But well, that's so what this I was podcast just telling is. Y'all about the that's what this podcast yeah. is. So listen or don't. But we probably should too. because guess what? It's gonna. What are you be gonna talk so about? Great. So, um, so he's out, right? And I was telling you about the cut because that's where he likes to hang out. It's where the prostitutes are. It's where the drugs are. Um, and it's actually where a lot of black people are. So he was supposed to be real racist, but he hung out like in the hood all the time. He even hired black prostitutes a lot. So, um, by October, he had found a prostitute, put her in his, like hired her, put her in his truck. And there was a Waco PD roadblock on Faulkner Lane so that's right there on the cut okay and um he was the prostitute was tied up in the back of the car he she saw the police kicked out the window and when she kicked out the window she the cops saw her and tried to pull over Kenneth McDuff like this Mm. actually could have been the end but he tried to run over the police, ran through, it was nighttime, and got on Waco Drive. We know what Waco Drive is. Come to Waco, uh-huh. you will drive on Waco Drive. And it's nighttime, so he turns off his light, goes the opposite way, and he misses the police, right? He turns off of Waco Drive onto a road called Golson Road. Oh, Guess I know, who I lives about that. on Golson Road? Me. All the way down towards the Golson and like Chalk Bluff area. He takes her there and kills her and buries her. Why would you not? That's a great place to take people and kill them. Apparently. Then he does the same thing with another. But two weeks later, picks up another prostitute named Regina. Does the same thing. Prostitute worker. Uh, a what? Prosta worker? <laughs> I don't know. Prosta worker named Regina <laughs> takes her down Highway 6 towards Marlin to a place called Tawakana Creek and kills her and buries her in shallow graves there. So Three, how many two. is this after? This is two prostitutes since he's been out. And remember the killing? First killing was three days. I think about these things. Thing, these deaths every time i drive down highway six like towards marlin all right he just takes that exit and dumps her there all right but remember his windshield is broken so he goes to daddy mcduff and daddy mcduff gives him a new car and it's a thunderbird so in his new car it's about close to christmas time okay him and he has a friend named hank Worley. I mean, I love all these Texas names. People are really going to make fun of us. <laughs> Poor Hank Worley is cruising around downtown Austin. So if you haven't noticed already, Kenneth McDuff likes to hit it and drive. Like he's picked up people and killed people in Fort Worth. Now he's going southbound 35. Okay. And he's driving near the UT campus. So he's scoping. No. Oh. Hank doesn't know that he's scoping. Hank thinks they're about to buy some weed and some drugs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, Hank doesn't know that he's scoping and he passed by a car wash. And I've been to this car wash where they seen a cute little girl named Colleen Reed. She is, um, she graduated from LSU. She's from Louisiana. She's living in Austin and she works out at this gym there all the time. She's cleaning her car. He gets out. He parks in the bay, car bay next to her, like the car wash bay next to her, and grabs her, puts her in the back of his car, and tells Worley to drive. Well, he burns her with cigarettes and rapes her. What? Why does he burn her with cigarettes? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Then he tells Worley to do the same. Well, Worley is not like Roy. Like, he's a little bit more Oh, so he found another, okay. Yeah, he's got Mm -hmm. a new Roy, basically. But Worley's about this life a little bit more than Roy was. So Worley gladly rapes her, too. Oh. Um, 
And then it's Macduff's turn again, and he gets her out of the car, and he wants a blowjob this time. Of course he does. And she just knows she's going to die. So I don't know if she's just trying to express it or defend herself, but she bites him. And he basically beats her until she stops breathing. Puts her back in the the trunk. And in the drunk, 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 and drops off Worley, and Worley doesn't know what happens. She was in the Army Reserve. She was dedicated to her fitness. She was not a prostitute. He just scoped her out and she So she was, like, fit and, like, in... Yeah, yeah, but she was just real small, real small. See, that's good. That's good that I'm six feet tall. Yeah. She just, no, uh, you're don't just inviting them. They're going to come get oh, your hey, ass. Oh, hey, I know they're going to get me. No, listen. I'm too big for these people. That like six feet. Hell no, we gone. <laughs> we gone. We gone. Pass her up. She's she, too big. She don't fit our profile. No, she can't fit in the trunk. She ain't gonna fit in the trunk. Mm-mm. Well, sweet little Colleen Reed did, and um, by February he finds a black prostitute. Remember, he don't like black people. Damn well, but he sure he will hire these black prostitutes. And he killed Valencia Johnson on Is this the first black person he's killed? Yeah. Um, so he's that just, we know of. He's all over the place. So he has no, like, M.O. or no, like... His M.O. is weak. Like, not weak. Weak or um, innocence. Like, if you talk... Because he hired prostitutes all the time. They talk mm-hmm. shit to him. He wouldn't kill them. But, like, if you were showed a little bit of fear, he killed them. Hmm. But what about... T- oh, yeah. Ted Bundy had he a type. He had a type, yeah. Yeah. So... He had a type. No, these were like blonde girls, brunette girls, black girls. He does not discriminate. He killed her and dumped her body at the TSTC golf golf course, which actually just closed down just a couple years ago. The last time she was seen was knocking on McDuff's door. He lived in the Sabine Hall on TSTC campus. So imagine me working at a high school and we take our kids (laughs) To a tour at TSDC, <laughs> and I'm not asking about financial aid or scholarships. What you asking about? Asking what you asking? Which is the dorm that Kenneth McDuff lived For in? For sure. For sure. And everybody. We're going to go crazy. tomorrow? We're going to go gone. tomorrow? It's gone. Oh, hell. It's gone. Well, that's unfortunate. <sighs> so, February, right? And then there's another girl. So he had a job. So I'm telling you that Kenneth McDuff looked good all the time. Okay. He always fixed himself up. He always had money and he always drove nice cars. But I didn't told you not one thing about a job. He was just kind of spoiled. But he did work at a quick pack for a little bit with the girl named Melissa Ann. And when he kidnapped her, she was pregnant. She was 22. And he um, drove her car to the Fort Worth, Dallas area, dumped her body, and she was later found. Oh, my gosh. So how many people is it now that he's killed after he's been paroled? So you got Brenda, one. (laughs) Then you got Regina, two. Then you got Colleen, three. And now here's Melissa. So that's four. Oh, my. The McNamara boys, so there's... Parnell, we know Parnell now because he's still our sheriff here in Waco, but he had a brother named Mike who died, I believe, of cancer, and I think it was his little brother. They knew, like, these girls were going missing. They knew it was McDuff. It had McDuff's name written all over it. They even knew the girl in Austin, Colleen, was McDuff. They just needed to prove it. So they were behind the scenes trying to figure out who was the friend that was with him so that they can get that friend, right? Because they know the type of people that he befriends are weak ones. And so once they get them, he'll sing like a canary. (gasps) So um, McDuff, by this time, remember, he's run from the police. These women have gone missing. He killed somebody with Hank Worley. So he leaves town and he goes to Kansas City, Missouri. And now he's living under a name, Richard Fowler. And since he's been gone, Hank has talked to the police. And Hank sings like a canary and tells him everything and shows him everything. But (gasps) Hank, remember, doesn't know where the body was because he dropped off Hank before he buried the body. So... 
can you imagine being a coworker or watching America's Most Wanted? Because this is what happened. Fox used to put on America's Most Wanted. A guy just watched it and says, and saw Kenneth McDuff on there and said, that looks like my coworker, Richard <gasps> Fowler. Well, he calls Kansas City police. The, the fingerprints match. And basically, they um, arrest Kenneth McDuff on his way to work. He had been in Kansas City for a little bit. And it was Parnell McNamara, Mike McNamara, Larry Pamphlin, that was like the Marlin count the Marlin police chief back then. And um he goes to trial for only one murder, but they knew they could not let Kenneth McDuff out again. So he gets the death sentence. What sucks is by this time it's just the lethal injection. I wish you would have got the electric chair. He missed the electric chair twice. Twice. Why did he get so lucky? He just, all you have to do is create a little bit of reasonable doubt. And they gave they him had a, a stay. Who did it, yeah. yeah, and then they gave him a stay. So um, he kind of knows it's the end, but he feels so powerful that he was there before and didn't get electrocuted that he's not talking too much. But eventually he does. And he leads them to all of the bodies <gasps> because they know these girls have gone missing, but they've only found the body of the one that worked at a quick pack store, Melissa in Dallas. So while on death row, he leads them like within steps. So he tells them, take this exit <laughs> from the road, walk 40 steps. And here is a body. So that's what they did, and they found Brenda. And that's what they did wow. on Golson Road, right by where I oh. live, and they found Regina. And there was little grave markers. So on the one on Golson Road, there was a stick and a Coke can on the Wait. top of the stick, and that was him. Like That was his Coke grave. can because he liked to stop for the Coke for he, that first time. Yes. So I don't know if he went back and visited the graves because, the graves because he never really – truly told his whole story and admitted everything so but he told them where the bodies were yes but he didn't how is that not admitting i mean he did but he wouldn't t like jeffrey dahmer told everything well that he, he did. was a little yeah <laughs> he i only he watched felt bad movie. he felt bad for what I he did like he had a little guilt yeah kenneth mcduff was like oh this 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 wasn't my problem yeah, this was my problem. It was somebody else. It was uh, John Ray Duffy or whatever the other guy. What was his name? That was it. J Everybody just got confused. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So listen, they found Melissa's body. They found Brenda's body. They found Regina's body, but they still have not found Colleen. And this family who lived in Louisiana, has been mourning for their kid for forever, right? It's been years. Finally, Kenneth McDuff says, I'll take you to her body, but I have to go because you're not going to be able to find it. But So they tried, mm -hmm. and they couldn't find it. So guess what? Kenneth McDuff got to go on a field trip. Oh, I bet he did. And he took him to where she was buried, they dug a little bit, found some teeth. <gasps> then they found some bones. And then they oh, found the string that she was bound <gasps> with. And that every body that they found was tied up. And um, that was it. Like that family finally got to bury their daughter. Every All the families got to finally bury their daughter. And so on November 17th, 1998, I was a senior at Conley High School, which is like two miles from where all this is happening. Were you into, every, into everything at this point? Listen, my oh, best friend Erica hell. knew more about what was going on than I did. And, but she, we went to Tawakana Creek because we would back road. We would back road with our butt like cans. Oh, hell yeah. And I went to Farm Road, but I wasn't. 
episode. Like, yeah. so I was visiting. She probably popped my cherry on visiting these places. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> I didn't really remember that until I was going, like, researching this um, story. So she, November 17, 1998 was his execution day. They tried to tell him to, like, repent, but he said he didn't believe in God. Um, and he was just like, I can't see myself floating on a cloud and playing a harp. And everybody was like, well, we agree. His last meal was a, this is what quote unquote hamburger that resembled a steak here in Texas. We call that a hamburger steak. Uh, okay. So at 6.08 PM, his Tell team came in, strapped him to a gurney. Parnell McNamara was of course in there to watch this happen along with the broomstick murders, one of the boys' dad. Um, his name was Jack. And Macduff's last words were, I'm ready to be released. Release me. <laughs> he really? is right now buried in Huntsville, which is towards Houston. And all he has is an X on his grave, his inmate number, and the dates, 11 <gasps> 1998 no one ever picked up his body. So his mom that <gasps> loved him so much and oh, paid all this money <gasps> for a lawyer in the end, never picked his ass up and like oh, buried him. Hell. And she went to the school bus and everything. What, she did all the things, but when it was time, she never picked him up. So oh, it's been 32 years by this time, like yeah. from broomstick murders to when he gets executed, that the dad of the broomstick murders is like, I've been waiting 32 years for this. Yeah. We, I mean, do you remember Governor Ann Richards? Yeah, 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 yeah. She actually tried to kind of undo some of the bullshit, Texas. And so she started this task force where everybody that was on parole, basically you're going to go to jail if you commit another crime. Like we're not going to. So I think we've yeah. been trying to undo Kenneth McDuff's what he did and how he made us look as a Texas justice system. We've been doing that ever since. So we've been killing all the innocent people. We People are all just on death oh, row hell. just to be on death row. Well, why <laughs> is, I just still don't know why it's not more of a known, like, or talked about murder. Murder. Maybe it will be now. Um, there's only two books. Bad Boy, Rosebud. Okay, and well, you know how many books I read? Listen. None. Let me just tell you, I <laughs> bought a book called uh, Procrastination, like how to not procrastinate. And guess what? I procrastinated <laughs> and I didn't even read it. That helped your life. I know. So it's depressing. Well, Gary Laverne put out this great book. Um but there's not really a story behind them. It's just like, like this podcast was like chunks of information, things that happen. And then at the end, it like all gets put together. And I think it just doesn't tell a good story. And it makes you scared. Like when you go to jail, yeah. when people go get sentenced to death, you want them to get put to death. What's crazy about him when he was finally put to death, there were no picketers. It's like, Abortion day, and there's no abortion picketers. Well, death penalty day, there's always picketers and anti-death penalty people. Yeah. And there, there was, was one what? person. Was it because just not talked about? Because and no, people were like, "This he needs to die. Oh, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. He needs to die. Yeah, yeah, he should have yeah, yeah. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1960-something. Yeah. I feel like they would be like, okay, I see. They were yeah. like, oh, this is... Oh, this is why we have the death penalty. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. Or, so, anyways, I really feel like we've been trying to undo that wrong for a long time. So there's Kenneth McDuff. I mean, and he's we... a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, but he's also the luckiest guy ever. Like, how many times? There are so many things that I skipped over that he did while on parole. DWI didn't go to jail. He was a pure definition of evil. No remorse. And even when he died, he was the victim. Like he blamed it on his dad. True. He was dealt a bad life and he was spoiled. Spoiled. Wow. Well, so there's Kenneth McDuff. And that was a long podcast. But I he, mean, I don't feel like it was that long. I thought it was really good. He had. I thought you did such a good job, April. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Everybody out there should think so too. And they should just go give us a five star rating. Yeah. And they should just. 
click subscribe and follow so you can listen to Caroline next week because today I had on the strap on. Yeah, she did. Next week, Caroline. I'm wearing it. Got it on. I can't wait. And okay, you can you can find us on. Oh my gosh, we're everywhere. We're on Twitter. Bloody Happy Hour is our handle. We're on Instagram at Bloody Happy Hour. We're on Facebook at Bloody Happy Hour Podcast. You can, this is what is, what we really want is not only for you to follow, subscribe, and follow us on all those other things, but we want your emails. We have had, we have had an email so far, one whole one, and it was pretty amazing. But any emails that are like, creepy stories or just whatever stories where you've encountered weird things or murders or sinkholes or I don't know, just random things. Email us at what's our uh, bloody pot, bloody, bloody happy, happy hour, hour at gmail.com. Everything is bloody happy hour. And so, this is at gmail. The email's at gmail. At, this is what I want. Waco people. I want to know exactly where her body was found Yes. On Golson Road, just because I live there and I want to, I know the store that they met at. So any more um, things that you can tell us that we'll be able to know here in Waco Town, that is the best. So if you were alive or you chased crime scenes like I do, tell me exactly where it was on Golson Road. I would love to know that. So email Send me and tell pen. me that. Send her a pen. And me drop your pen drop a pen <laughs> drop a pen drop a pen maybe it's where i live right now it could be in her backyard she'll never know i know and um i think we this is how we should end it stay aware stay alive and always be dtf or dta <laughs> don't trust anybody ah! <laughs> <laughs> either or a win-win situation. Bye, y'all. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.